Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. i got to find a new way to introduce the show. People know we're on the internet at this point, right? I feel no. like I've said it enough. No, that's, a, that's one of those things you don't change up. Okay. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. I ain't changed my name. That's another thing. That is something you should change. My name. A managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is... Um, a friend to all animals. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. Where did that come from? Hi, but where did that come from? Are you not a friend to all animals? I am. I just didn't know if there was something specific that I missed earlier. I wasn't like hmm. around I just, animals. I just I, I think you like animals. I do. There you go. That's a fact, yeah. Nailed it. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. 63 days till Thanksgiving. Uh, so it is... Um, do some quick back of the envelope math. It's uh, nine weeks away, guys. Nine weeks. That's, nine weeks that's from single today. digits. Thanksgiving. Nine weeks to, from today. Start your planning now. Let's go. Just telling you. Start your planning now. Uh, happy birthday to the patron saint of uh, white sports writers, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Episode 1247. On today's show, friends, we got the butt groove guide. We're going to tell you how to spend your weekend watching f- as much football as possible. Just consuming as much football as possible. We'll get into Osmosis. That. Get into that. Then we've got the picks, my high school football predictions for week five of the Texas high school football season. We'll round it all out by answering some burning questions about college football and week four, big slate of college football, including a conference championship game. We'll get into that coming up here at the back half of the show. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Miss Terry Adams, Rob Hadaway, Alan Shepard, and Ryan Smigo. Welcome in, lady fella and fellas. I like when Miss Terry wins. I do too. I like yeah. when Miss Terry. I want Miss Terry to finish first. So she's. I'm. 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 Every, everyone else, y'all can all fight for second. Yes. <clears throat> Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda Dealers to give to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is so fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the helpful uh, helpful North Texas Honda Dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Out at Saginaw High School, congratulations to Dr. Cynthia Weber. Thank you for being so helpful in your community. Uh, Part of the North Texas Honda Dealers uh, Community Helper Program. Dr. Cynthia Weber there at Saginaw High School. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Pickle, it is time to tell you how to spend your weekend on the couch. With the butt groove guide. And we call that the butt groove guide because we want you to focus on two things. Your butt groove. Well, I was going to say football first. But secondly... Your butt groove. You just like saying that. (laughs) I do. I think it's quite comical. Uh, we're going to tell you how to spend your weekend. Uh, how to spend your uh, your weekend sitting down on your couch watching as much football as possible. Here's what to watch this week. Okay? And of course, 
a lot of these games, the high school games, are going to be streaming on TexanLive.com. So we hope that you'll check out TexanLive.com, uh, where you can watch literally dozens of high school football games. So many, lots of lots of high school football games. So many that's kept pickle up late at night. You're you're literally not wrong. Darn tootin' I am. All right, let's start with tonight, Thursday. Thursday. Dateline. Start Thursday. So at six o'clock we got Katie and Seven Lakes. Okay, that's mm-hmm. on TexanLive.com. Now look. I am not here to tell you that this is going to be a spectacular game. Now, Seven Lakes is 3-1. and one. They're not a pushover. And Katie's had some trouble recently. But Katie's probably going to win this game. I think they're the favorite. But if you want to have something on at 6 o'clock, you can do a lot worse than seeing a top, seeing the number two team in 6A uh, play against a, dis- a critical district game against Katie Seven Lakes. So, Fact. 6 o'clock. On Texan Life, seven o'clock th- when things really get cooking. Because I got mm-hmm. two. Because I need you to go two. Then you gotta have two wide. And by the way, yes. I guess I should mention. Yes, three screen it. Three screens. We're we're working under the assumption you have a maximum of three screens: TV, computer, phone. Okay. Seven o'clock. You had Fort Bend, Hightower, and Manful mm-hmm. on TexanLive.com. I think that's the best game in five A D one this week. Yeah. It's great. This is a big yeah. time matchup. Big time showdown, district matchup. I think there's a fair chance this is the district championship game. Let me make sure I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. I'm fairly certain that I'm, I'm, that I think this is the I district championship game. I would be very surprised if it was um, not. I mean, look, depending on what you think of Katie Pato, they'll have something to say about this. Yeah. But it's a huge game. Three They'd and have one, to grab both of them, though. Three and one Manville, four, uh, two and one, four pin high tower. I think this is probably the district 10 5 Division one title game. That game is tonight at 7 o'clock on Texan Live. Also... I want you to be watching Katie Tompkins and Katie Cinco Ranch. I'm big on Cinco Ranch. This is sneaky, critical. Okay, guys, this is a massive game for a lot of different reasons. Now, I think Tompkins is your favorite. Okay, mm-hmm. Tompkins looked very good, but it's a matchup of unbeatens. Not a lot of those going on, right? The other thing about this, okay, if you listen to Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast, you can hear Matt Step lay out why Cinco Ranch might be the most important team in Texas high school football this year. Here's why. If Cinco Ranch makes the playoffs, mm-hmm. if Cinco Ranch makes the playoffs, then then Katie goes to the Division One bracket. If Cinco Ranch does not make the playoffs, then Katie then Katie goes to the Division Two bracket. Okay? If that's gonna those that's that's the way that this thing's working out, keep an eye on this. Uh that now, would be huge. now Tompkins is the favorite in this one. Mm-hmm. One might argue a heavy favorite in this one. Yes. But this would be if they could steal it, and they are, they are, uh, Cinco Ranch is three and one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I think I mentioned they were four and no, they are not. They are three and one. There's a good team that can, that can score some points. If they can steal this one, we start to get a really much sharper vision of what this thing looks like. Um, so keep an eye on that. Cinco Ranch is a critical, critical, critical team to how things are going to shake out in District 1968. Katie Tompkins and Kay Cinco Ranch. By the way, you can watch Katie Tompkins, who's a really, really, really good team. So keep an eye on that one. That is Thursday. Friday! Dateline. Big slate of games on TexanLive.com. Huge. Usually. Uh, we've got one game at 6 o'clock. It's the, it's the, it's the Woodlands College Park and Katie Made Creek. Mm-hmm. Made Creek's kind of rolling. If you want something on TV, Made Creek, you can watch them. Seven o'clock's tough. Seven o'clock, you got There's a lot so of options. So many of them. Got a ton of games starting at seven o'clock. Okay, I want to send you. We're gonna go three screens. Oh boy, how am I gonna limit this? Three screens. Okay. There's a clear-cut favorite here. I feel like North Shore Westbrook. Uh, either that. I mean, Tomball Tom 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 Memorial. Tomball Tomball Tom Memorial. I think that's probably your big screen. I was thinking to say Ball, big screen Ball, with Memorial. the rivalry, Good rivalry and game. You, it's hard to beat that. Uh, Tomball coming off a really impressive win last week to remain unbeaten. Keep an eye on them. That came to Tomball ISD Stadium. Jay Dunson on the call. Um, that game's at seven. And then yeah, I would go North Shore Westbrook. North Shore Westbrook's probably next. Mm-hmm. This game's in Beaumont. It's a tricky tricky travel for for North Shore. I think Westbrook or I think North Shore is the favorite in this one. But this is a big district game. I think the winner of this game 
becomes the front runner? No, mm. because the task C is the uh, task yeah, two. That's true. But this is like a semifinal, right? This is like a semifinal to go up against a task Cita. The winner of this game is going to be the chief challenger to a task Cita, at least in that district championship mm-hmm. for that district championship. I think North Shore is your favorite in that one. The other one I want to send you to is Dickinson and Clear Falls. Dickinson continues to just run an absolute murderer's row uh, early in the season. They have played. Let me pull up their schedule real quick. It's been a gauntlet. Okay. Dickinson opened up against Manville and won 45-42. The next week they played Fort Bend Ridgepoint and lost by three or lost by six. Then they went. Then they played Katy and they lost by seven. Then they played unbeaten Pasadena Adobe last week. Mm-hmm. Now they open up district play against 4-0 and Clear Falls. They have run an absolute gauntlet. Um, I think this game's really tight. I think this game's really interesting. Uh, a big question for me in this one is whether or not uh, what the KDD or what the Dickinson defense looks like because they've been a little bit up and down. If they can shore up here entering district play, then they're going to be maybe the favorite in District 24-6A. If you want to call this a district championship game, I think you're within your rights. I think Clear Springs might have a little word with you, but I think this game's going to be very, very interesting. By the way, Brazoswood's three and one, but I think they're still. I think Dickinson still would be a favorite in this one. The winner of this game is at least in the driver's seat to win District Twenty Four Six A. So that is where I want to send you at seven o'clock. If one of those games gets out of hand, when seven thirty rolls around, oh, go ahead. I was going to say Chapel Hill and Athens. Athens and Chapel Hill. Not that's, a, that's a hipster. Well, so here's the thing. Athens and Chapel Hill is a battle of unbeatens. Mm-hmm. Really impressed by Athens. They have improved so much there. Chapel Hill is their biggest test to date. That'll be good. But Pickle, 730, mm-hmm. Chase is going to get to call Mid-County Madness. Yeah. <laughs> In P&G case that Nederland, swung under your radar. P&G Nederland kicks off at 730. If you've never watched Mid-County Madness... Uh, it's Port Nation's Groves in Nederland. They're meeting for the 98th time. This is a big time rivalry. Mm-hmm. A, uh, in my opinion, this, in I, my opinion, the best rivalry in Texas high school football. I think our computer spread was like 14 on this one, and I was like, no, "This is a one score game. It's always a one score game." Is it when these okay. two get together? It's all. Oh no, I'm. I don't know what the computer says. I'm telling you, when they get together, that, oh yeah, it's no, that's always what I'm a one score that game. When I saw the 14 from the computer, I was like, no. "Ooh, I wouldn't no, buy in on that." <laughs> so you've got to you've got to clear some room for that because you need to watch PNG Nederland, if only for the scene. The yeah. scene is going to be crazy, okay? And by the way, Nederland state ranked Port Nature's Groves. I think pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they they're the team that Tom Ball beat last week. I'm very intrigued by this game. Very intrigued by this. And so you got to clear the decks, clear a screen for that. So here's the problem. Seven o'clock. So it's seven o'clock. Tom Ball Memorial, Dick uh, and, and Tom Ball, uh, Dickinson and Clear Falls, and North Shore Westbrook. Okay. One of those games will be a stinker. Mm-hmm. If one of those games gets out of hand, switch over to Nearland PNG. Mm-hmm. If two of those games gets out of hand, switch over to Athens and Chapel Hill. Yep. I agree. That's the plan for Friday, I think. I think. I don't that feel great about it. It's, it's as right. good as we can do. It's as good as we can do. Okay. Now. Saturday! Dateline! I want to see if there's a stream for one of these other games. Let me see. Um, Are you so- looking for the game of the week stream? Is there a stream of the Oh, yeah. You said there was. Mm. The college game of the week. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find that, too. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one. Um, so, I want to see if there's a, there's a stream for that one. Uh, but, let me see. Sorry, sorry. I should have done this, but it just hit me. I forgot that was a Saturday, which is a weird, weird um, game. Weird date. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Let's start over. <laughs> Saturday! Daylight! 11 a.m. Kick off your day with the Iron Skillet. Yep. Uh, in fact, it's a great 11 a.m. slate. You got a pair of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU, Iron Skillet's on FS1. Make sure you're watching that. And then you also got Tech in Texas kicking yep. off on ABC. Um... So you got a lot going on. You're busy on Saturday morning. Mm. Tell your significant other that you're busy. Yeah. Um. So that's a that's eleven a.m. Okay. One o'clock on ESPN Plus. If you need a third screen, Texas State's at Eastern Michigan. Mm. You're waiting. What you're doing is you're waiting till two thirty. Yeah. Two thirty. Go ahead and get that. Get the lunch in right then. So two thirty. <laughs> you're gonna need to cl- like those games will be over or wrapping up. A&M in Arkansas needs to be on your big screen. Yes. First big test for A&M. First opportunity to really see them face some Always resistance. Always a fun game. Always a wild game. Going to be a good one. On your second screen, you're putting UTSA in Memphis. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it a little bit later in our uh, in our burning questions. 
this might be the biggest hurdle left for UTSA. Mm-hmm. This is a hu- this is a this. big game, big game going to Memphis, a good Memphis team. Keep an eye on this one. UTSA and Memphis is on ESPNU. That needs to be on your second screen. On your third screen, put Baylor and and Iowa State. I would love for Baylor to make that a game. I kind of worry that Iowa State's defense is going to swallow them whole. That's what I'm really worried about in that game. I worry that that game's going to end like 21-3. Yeah, it'll just be a pounding rock fight of gross. I'm worried about that. Okay. So now we're matriculating to the evening. Okay. Matriculating to the evening. At six, so it's at five thirty on ESPN three. You can watch Rice and Texas Southern if you're a Rice fan or a Texas Southern fan. Hoot hoot. Six o'clock on your big screen. I need you the game of the week to go to either the Mary Harden Baylor or the Harden Simmons website mm-hmm. and stream Harden Simmons and Mary Harden Baylor. Number one versus number six in Division three. This is the American Southwest Conference Championship game, in my opinion. You need to you need to be on this game. Plain and simple. No excuses. Be on this game. This is, in my opinion, the best college football game in the state this weekend. It's a top six matchup in Division Three. You can stream it, I believe, for free on the Harden Simmons website or the Mary Harden Baylor website. So stream that game. Six o'clock also, we've got um, a couple of games on, on Texan Live. Uh, uh, Houston Northbrook and Side Creek, Spring Brexham Memorial, and Jersey Village. Ooh. If you're into high school football, you can do that. This isn't on Texan Live, but did you realize we had Region 4 after dark action happening? La Vega and Miller? I was. Uh, that's the stream I was looking okay. for. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha. the stream I was looking I for. I didn't realize that I was don't know. Is this there a stream? Saturday. Is I there don't a stream? know. So if, there, if you can find a stream, and I'll, I'll, if I find one, I will tweet it out. Oh, it's at 2.30, so it's not after dark. So 2.30. Matinee edition. <laughs> okay. Well, then if you can find a stream, and if I find a stream, I'll, I'll let go. Then I'll be honest, put that on instead of Iowa State Baylor. Yes, absolutely. Put that on instead of Iowa State Baylor. Um... Elsewhere, it's kind of a rough slate at night. North Texas goes to Louisiana Tech on stadium. I think that game is going to be ugly. Um, Navy goes to Houston on ESPNU. I do not think Navy's very good, so I think Houston should stomp them out. Um, And then on ESPN Plus, 8 o'clock, New Mexico at UTEP. 8 o'clock kick, UTEP, a a 1.5 point favorite. 3-1 and minors? Um... You also at 7 o'clock have Houston C.E. King and Kingwood. Uh, Chase Snyder on the call there for TexanLive.com. So a lot of options on Saturday. You, it is it is really important that you wake up and, and, and get that early slate in. The, bet, the best part of the day is 11 a.m. to mm-hmm. about 5. Yeah. Or 5.30, whenever those 2.30 kicks end, right? That's the best part of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the nightcap... Watch Harden Simmons and Mary Harden Baylor. Yeah, there, there's other your than that. Every other one of those games. I mean, if you're a fan, obviously watch them. But like, they're going to be a little bit tougher. Yeah. So maybe rest up for that Sunday NFL action. At yeah, that exactly. Point. Right. That is your butt groove guide. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. Spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. Today's Spotlight Game of the Week features uh, the it's the Mound Showdown, Flower Mound, visiting Flower Mound Marcus. We're going to be spotlighting Di- uh, Diana, uh, Diana Felician. Felician, right? Diana yeah. Felician? Yeah, you I said it right. Diana Felician at Flower Mound High School as the Jaguars take on the Marcus Marauders in the Mound Showdown. Uh, thank you to Takis for your support of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And Pickle? How about this? Dave Campbell's Texas Football and our friends at Visit Midland partnered together to spotlight some of the can't-miss Texas high school football matchups in the Midland area. This week, we got our first one of the, of the year. This week's Visit Midland Spotlight Game of the Week features Odessa 
taking on Midland High in a little Southwest Conference showdown. Mm-hmm. Going to be a lot of fun out there in Midland at Grande Communications Stadium. If you're anywhere near there, you need to make sure you get out there and watch some Bulldogs and Bronchos going on. It's not Bronchos, but there's an H in Broncos, so I always <laughs> say it like that. Broncos. I do think Steph has a uh, – I think he's got a little piece up about this. Got a preview up there if you want yeah. to ch- uh, check out our preview for the Visit Midland Spotlight Game of the Week. Odessa visiting Midland. Uh, be sure to visit texasfootball.com slash visit Midland to see our picks on the best places to eat, shop, and play. Make it a road trip. Head out there. Go see yeah. some good food. you never been to Midland's Grande Communication Stadium, that place is awesome. Yeah, it is. Great place to watch a football cool. game. Odessa and Midland going at it uh, Friday night. Uh, go to texasfootball.com slash visit Midland and let us plan your Midland vacation there. Yeah. So, texasfootball.com slash visit Midland. That opening to that might be the most excited anyone in the entire world has ever said Midland. That was, I'm super fired up about that Midland. That was awesome. Midland is great. No, it is. I completely underrated. The tall I city. Agree. The tall city. I when we when we drove. When we <laughs> oh, were here out we there, go. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like when we were driving out to the last time I was in Midland, we went to Big Bend. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We went. To, we were going through Midland, and my wife, who's not from Texas, my wife, my wife, who's not from Texas, she was like, "This place is really nice," <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, Welcome. it's like a, it's kind of, it's it's a little bit out here, but like, it's super nice. Yeah. Anyway, visit Midland, texasfootball.com slash visit Midland. Pickle, it's week five of the Texas high school football season. And, um, you know, there's some high school football games this week. Mm-hmm. We've heard about a couple. Um, just a few. I made a couple predictions. I just, I, I scratched down a couple of notes and I just, I don't want to share them with you. Oh, how kind of you. Here are my <laughs> predictions for week five of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. We're entering week five of the Texas high school football season, and okay, you know what this intro is, right? I'm going to try to get you hyped up for high school football and things like that. If you're not excited about high school football, I don't know why you clicked on this video. Plain and simple. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to week five of the 2021 Texas high school football season. It's hard to believe that we are now more than a month into the season and we're really starting to figure things out, right? I think we're starting to see some teams that are surprising us that we didn't necessarily see coming and also some teams that, yeah, we certainly saw them coming. We're separating those contenders from pretenders and we're getting more and more into district play. So now these games, they really matter. The non-district games, they're nice, but ultimately there's no real penalty for losing them. Now we're talking playoff positioning, we're talking brackets, we're talking postseason, we're talking to the road to AT&T Stadium. Big games everywhere you look, we start in San Antonio. 7 o'clock Friday night at Hero Stadium in San Antonio. It is a matchup of unbeatens and a critical District 28-6A showdown as the Brandeis Broncos take on the Johnson Jaguars. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Jags playing from ahead. So here's an amazing stat, okay? We're five weeks into the Texas high school football season. Johnson is 4-0, and they have never trailed this season. How about that? They've always thrown the first punch, and when the opposing team has a counterpunch, they punch right back. It's been very impressive what we've seen from running back Ben McCreary and quarterback Cruz Kerwin. This is an offense that's really rolling, and they're playing with a ton of confidence. Now, look, we also don't know what happens when they do fall behind, which, I mean, I'll be frank, it's probably going to happen at some point, maybe even in this game. So, can Johnson play from ahead where they're comfortable, or can Brandeis put them in a position where they've never been this year? Key number two, Brandeis' second half surge. I don't know what Coach Charles Bruce is telling his Brandeis team in the locker room at halftime, but uh, he should keep doing it because the results have been very good. Brandeis has outscored their opponents 84-21 in the second half this season. Awfully impressive. Now, they are going between two different quarterbacks, uh, Nico Garcia as well as J.C. Evans, and it's worked for them. But I think that really the star of the show is the running game with Christopher Rodriguez. I think he's the real bell cow of this offense. So, can Brandeis Brandeis continue their second half magic, or will Johnson find an answer? And key number three, the Game Breakers. I'm really excited about this matchup because I think it's a spotlight game for two of the real stars in the Alamo City that maybe people aren't paying enough attention to. Uh, on Brandeis' side, it's Aiden Inesta Rodriguez. Okay, This guy is a do-it-all athlete. They're going to move him all around offense, defense, and special teams. He had a key kickoff return that really sparked their win last week over San Antonio Clark. He is a game-breaker every time he's on the field and a threat to change the game in a hurry. On the other side, for Johnson, it's Kanan Fairley. 
Kelly, their outstanding wide receiver, and this guy is a dynamo. He runs a 10-600 meters on the track team. He is a burner that Brandeis is going to have to find every time he's on the field. So, which of these game breakers has a bigger impact on this critical district matchup? Who am I picking? I'm going with Johnson. The Jaguars get the nod here on the strength of their defense and I think their running game with Ben McCreary. I think that it's really important for them to, again, play from ahead because it keeps their defense fresh and allows them to grind it out on the ground, which is ultimately what they want to do. Now, I think Brandeis has the game breaker in this one, right? And Aiden Anessa Rodriguez. And I think that he is going to have a big impact on this game. Furthermore, if they can get some quality quarterback play from the two guys they line up back, back there, I think we're in for a really fun finish. I think this game is pretty much a coin flip, but I do think Johnson gets the critical win. Give me the Jaguars. Let's go north. 7 o'clock Friday night at Fair Park Stadium in Childress. It's a District 3-3A Division II showdown between the Spearman Lynx and the Childress Bobcats. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the Lynx is plan B. So the name you know for Spearman is probably Brennan Thompson. Four-star prospect, superstar, does it all, out. Not playing in this game. He's been injured for a little bit. He's likely to be out for the next couple of games as well. But that's far from the only injury problem that the Lynx have right now. Jack Davis is out. Carson Seaman is out. They are really banged up right now. Now, that hasn't stopped them from winning. Last week, they had a really gutty win by moving quarter wide receiver Braden Klafka over to quarterback and the defense stepped up in a big big way. This is a versatile team that can beat you in a lot of different ways and they'll need to flex that versatility if they're going to come away with a big win at Childress. So can the Lynx's plan B be as good as plan A? Key number two, the Bobcats aerial attack. And yeah, Childress is starting to take flight. And what they did last week was awfully impressive. Quarterback Colin Bishop is really slinging it around right now. And he's got a pair of wide receivers in Lamont Nickelberry and Avery Jalamo who are going crazy right now. I think last week they combined for 19 catches for 380 plus yards and four touchdowns. I mean, they went crazy. This offense is really humming right now. And so there's two questions. Can they keep that going? And what does Spearman, whose defense has been excellent, do to counter it? And key number three, a lopsided rivalry. So we're going to get into the history of these two teams. And if you're a Spearman fan, you might want to plug your ears or maybe fast forward a couple of segments. Because Childress has kind of owned this series. They have won 13 of the 16 meetings. And even last year, when Spearman beat Childress in the regular season, Childress returned the favor in the playoffs, right? This is a real interesting rivalry because I actually think these two programs are pretty darn good and actually evenly matched, but Childress has really just kind of owned it whenever they've gotten together. And make no mistake, Spearman knows this, and Spearman's going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. So, plain and simple, does history matter on Friday night? Who am I picking? I'm going with Childress. I think if both teams were at full strength, this might be a different conversation because I think that Spearman would have the single individual best playmaker in Brennan Thompson. But with a banged-up Lynx squad and a Childress team that is just hitting on all cylinders offensively, it's really hard to pick against the Bobcats, especially at home where they've been notoriously very difficult to beat. Now, look... People have thrown dirt on Spearman before. They probably threw dirt on him last week whenever they didn't have all their playmakers. And Braden Klafka is certainly capable of taking over this game, and the Spearman defense is very sound. I think Childers is a little too much right now, especially at home. I think the Bobcats get a win. Let's go to Panola County, 7 o'clock Friday night at Bulldog Stadium in Carthage. It's number one versus number two in 4A Division II as the Carthage Bulldogs welcome in the Gilmer Buckeyes. This is a rematch of last year's 4A Division II state championship game in which Gilmer took a 14-0 lead and then Carthage scored the next 70. Yeah, and that sticks in Gilmer's crawl, as it should, and they have looked every bit the part of a contender this year. Quarterback Brandon Tennyson has been great, got a big-time wide receiver in Rohan Fluellen, and the defense, basically aside from last week against Lindale, has been really, really good. So here's Carthage, of course, the defending 4A Division II state champs, the juggernaut there in 4A Division II, and their offense has been a little bit up and down. Jatavian Rockamore and quarterback Connor Cuff have been kind of going back and forth, sharing quarterback duties, but the defense has not been up and down. They have been rock solid, especially with linebacker Kip Lewis there. Uh, so look, this is number one versus number two. It's going to tell us a lot. And, and here's the other thing it's going to tell us. It's kind of going to tell us if, if Carthage is mortal 
right? I mean, here they are taking on the number two team in the state. This is a team uh, with a superstar playmaker in Brandon Tennyson that is fully capable of ripping apart this Carthage defense if they're not careful. But we're also going to find out whether or not there's anybody in Carthage's league, right? If Carthage goes and hangs another 70-14 to 14 on them, then what does that say about the state of 4A Division II, right? A lot to find out in this game. Really interesting. Wouldn't be a surprise if this is the first of two meetings between them and they meet again at AT&T Stadium. But I ain't picking against Carthage, especially at home. Give me the Bulldogs. 7 o'clock Friday night at Riddell Field in Idaloo. It's another battle of unbeatens between the New Deal Lions and the Idaloo Wildcats. Idaloo newly ranked in the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings, and for good reason. They have looked outstanding. Quarterback William Wall has been very good at the quarterback spot, and I also think that their defense has been great, giving up fewer than seven points per game. Well, they're going to need to be great, taking on an absolutely dominant New Deal team. I mean, New Deal has been hitting on all cylinders. Running back Larrick Eaton, I think, is a superstar quarterback Harley Patterson really coming into his own. Defense has given up, I think, 13 points this season. They have been every bit as dominant as, in many respects, Idaloo has. It's hard to tell what kind of game this is going to be, right? Because Idaloo, at 4-0, they're really good, obviously, but I don't know if they've been tested the same way that New Deal was. That's why I think the Lions have the edge. Give me New Deal. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at the Reservation in Port Neches, it is the 98th installment of the greatest rivalry in Texas high school football. It's Mid-County Madness between Nederland and Port Neches Groves. And this, I mean, madness is really the right word, right? If you've never seen this rivalry, it is intense. It is ferocious. It is oftentimes very chippy, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very excited to see this quarterback matchup with Cole Crippen for Port Neches Groves going up against Nederland's Luke Broussard. Uh, and remember, last year, P&G scored in the final moments to take down Nederland, right? And Nederland ain't forgot about that. I think they've got a receipt this year. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun as usual, and it's going to be wild at the reservation. But I think Nederland gets a win. But those are far from the only big games in week five of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Bernie over Fredericksburg. Give me Midland Greenwood over Canyon. And Galena Park North Shore beats district rival Beaumont Westbrook. I'm going with East Bernard over Ganado. Give me El Dorado to take down Sonora. And it may be the biggest game in Rockwall history. The city of Rockwall, that is. I think Heath edges out Rockwall. I like Longview Pine Tree over Marshall. Down in the Houston area, it's a good one. I like Dickinson over Clear Falls. Kennetillo over Clinton Mountain View. Monahans keeps rolling with a win over El Paso Riverside. One of the toughest games to call this week. I'm going with Paris, just barely over Melissa. Edinburgh Vela over Edinburgh North. Give me San Diego over Santa Gertrudis Academy. And I'm going to go with Columbus to take down Smithville. San Angelo Central beats Wolford Friendship. Battle of Unbeatens. I like West Rusk over Troop. And surprising, Carrizo Springs keeps going with a win over Zapata. Give me Denison over Prosper Rock Hill. Lano gets a win over Ballinger. And in a, another strange cross-regional matchup by like Corpus Christi Miller over Waco La Vega. Give me Midlothian Heritage over Springtown. Bernie Champion over El Campo. And I like Dumas over Canyon Randall. McGowan Memorial beats McAllen Rowe. I like Winthorst to beat Wichita Falls City View. And Wimberley gets by San Antonio Alamo Heights. Yoakum beats Navasota. I like Winsboro to beat Mineola. And a matchup of unbeatens in the Alamo City. I like Smithson Valley over upstart New Braunfels. Henrietta over Lindsay. Battle of unbeatens. I like Belleville to stay perfect with a win over West Columbia. And another battle of unbeatens. This one pretty surprising. I like Groover over Shamrock. Shiner edges Burton. Mart takes down Italy. And in our six-man game of the week, I'm going with Strawn over Westbrook. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week five of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. the picks, my high school football predictions for week five of the Texas high school football season. And as usual, I can guarantee you I got at least one of those right. Because it would be like mathematically like really astounding if I didn't. Uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. We have now moved over here to the Chill Zone. 
right? Is that, that what we're, we're calling, calling it? it? I don't oh, know. Gosh, now we're saying stuff at the same time. This is not good. I don't know. Um, we'll call it the, the chill zone for now unless you guys come up with another name. Anyway, it's time to preview the college football weekend by answering some burning questions. And if you'd like to write a theme song for this segment, please tweet Ashley underscore Pickle 12. Uh, Pickle, we've got a lot of college football to talk about this weekend. Big rivalry games. I think there's a conference title game that's going on the, today, this week. Where are we going to start? We are going to start at the Battle of the Iron Skillet here. SMU taking on TCU at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. Who needs this win more? Is it those Horn Frogs or the Mustangs? So there's been a lot of chirping between these two teams this week, <laughs> which I love. Oh, yeah. Always in favor of teams trash talking. Mm -hmm. I think that that's fantastic, uh, and they should do it more. Um, as far as who needs this win more, I think that there's an argument that SMU needs it more because that would prove that, especially now that they are unlikely to get into the Big 12, uh, that would prove that they are still they can still hang with the Big 12 teams uh, as they presently exist. Um, I think that would be important, at least from a recruiting perspective and from a just you know a, a perception perspective. I think that's important. But for TCU, look, they're off to a three and zero start. I think that this would probably be their most impressive win. Uh, all due respect to Cal and Duquesne, um, I think that this would be their most impressive win. Um, the fact that this game is at TCU, I think, makes it really important for Gary Patterson's squad to keep that momentum rolling. If you believe that TCU is going to be a sleeper in the Big 12, which I do, mm -hmm. this is a game they have to win. So I think that this is, you know, as far as who needs it more in, in the broad strokes, I would say probably SMU, but in the micro, I might say uh, TCU. Especially right before Big 12 play. Absolutely. You know, keep that, keep that momentum going. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say from the micro perspective, I'll say TCU. TCU, but SMU would certainly not pass up an opportunity to bring home the iron skillet. What's next? Up next, we head out to Austin as Texas Tech is taking on the Longhorns another 11 o'clock Saturday kickoff. Which quarterback will look better? Is it Tyler Shug or Casey Thompson? Yeah, this is an interesting question only because of what we saw from Tyler Shuck last week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first couple of games, you know, he looked okay later against Houston. He did not look good against Stephen F. Austin. No. But then last week, you know, against, again, Florida International, he looked great. He looked like he looked like the quarterback that Tech thought that they were getting. For Casey Thompson, obviously making his second start there for the Longhorns, uh, he looked great against Rice. Texas Tech is better than Rice. That's a hot take. Um, and actually, I think that the defenses are going to shine in this one. I'll say that Casey Thompson's going to look a little bit better, only because Tyler Shuck is going to have to deal with what is a pretty impressive front four and, and, and front seven for Texas. Uh, that, I think, is going to cause him a little bit more problems. So I'll say Casey Thompson looks a little bit better, but it's now a question that's actually in doubt. Uh, you know, before, you know, before Tyler Shuck did away did last week, this would be kind of a runaway. But I'll say that I'll say Casey Thompson looks better on Saturday uh, in a Texas win, but a narrow Texas win. I don't know if Texas I covers this. I don't know either, and I think that this is really, really big personally for Casey Thompson because if he wants to kind of be that undisputed starter, he's going to have to show out in this game because if you leave any question of doubt, mm -hmm. then when you head into the rest of Big 12 play, it's like we're back at square one. What are we doing from this? 100, 100%. What's next, Michael? Up next, let's go Texas State at Eastern Michigan, oh. 1 p.m. on Saturday. So it this is a difficult question. Texas State, what's the over-under on 119.5 rushing yards? So they ran the ball really well, actually, last week um, against Incarnate Word. That wasn't necessarily a problem. In fact, the offense wasn't necessarily a problem. It was just the defense. Mm -hmm. um, Here's why I'm going to take the under. First of all, I don't know if they've necessarily established a, a, a premium, like a number one back. Uh, I think they, they want to be Calvin Hill, the freshman, uh, but I don't know if they're necessarily committed to that. Furthermore, I think there's a fair chance that on the road they're playing from behind, yeah. and as a result they're going to have to throw a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to take the under in this one. Um, I'm going to say under 119.5 yards, but I think it's pretty close to that. Um, I just think that them playing from behind may be a problem. If they play from ahead, if they can jump out to like a 14 nothing lead, then they're probably going to go over, and they may go way over into like the 200s. But uh, for now, I'm going to take under because I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty down on their defense, and I don't know. I think that that offense is going to have to play catch-up, and as a result, they're going to be throwing the ball a little more. So I'm going to take the under 119.5 yards for Texas State. What's next? 
Up next, a battle of top 25 teams as number 7 Texas A&M takes on number 16 Arkansas 2.30 p.m. from Jerry World. Seven of the last 11 A&M Arkansas games have been decided by one score. Will it be 8 of 12? This game is always wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird game, um, too, because like this is this is very much, it's, it's kind of like Iowa and Iowa State in uh -huh. the sense that whenever they get together, it's just always a weird game. Um, it's always close, mm -hmm. like, Teams, they play to each other's level. Like, if one team's really good, the other team will play really well. If, if the other team's really bad, then the other team will play down to them. Now, I think both these teams are pretty darn good. I think this is Texas A&M's first actual test of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, with all due respect to Colorado, I just don't think that they're in their weight class as a team in Arkansas. That's pretty darn good. I think that, I mean, the line is five and a half, so it would seem to indicate that Vegas thinks it's going to be a one-score game. Mm -hmm. I think it will be, too. If there is blowout potential, I think it's on A&M's side, simply because I think KJ Jeff Jefferson, the quarterback for Arkansas, is a little bit one-dimensional. And so if they're not able to run the ball, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Arkansas is in trouble. And I think that when you see A&M, their defense has been great, but their defense has been a little bit susceptible to the run. That's a big question in this one. Um, I think A&M wins this game. I think it's tight. I think that this defense is going to cause a lot of problems for what I still, I'm still lukewarm on this A&M offense without Haynes King. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to say it is a one-score game. I do think A&M wins it, but I think this game is, per usual at AT&T Stadium, pretty darn close. It's so. a big win-your-clunker yeah. game here uh, for, yeah, for A&M. You don't cannot screw this. Let this Well, go. and that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you want to get into a broader conversation about A&M, um, I think that without Haynes King, now that they've suffered a few injuries and knowing what we know about AM, there's more games that are like on the board as potential losses. They need confidence in this game too. Like that'll be a yeah. big momentum push heading into the rest of play. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to watch this game. So um, I think this is a, a critical, critical game for AM if they want to make the college football playoff, obviously. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head to some Big 12 action as number 14 Iowa State takes on Baylor 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. What is the most important matchup when Baylor hosts Iowa State? It's the Baylor offensive line against the Iowa State front, and, and it's really just as simple as that. You know, Iowa State runs a style of defense that has kind of made Matt Campbell famous in that it's kind of found a way to mitigate these high-powered Big 12 offenses. Now, I don't think that Baylor's a high-powered Big 12 offense. I think what they are is a team that is, uh, they, they want to run the ball. I think you saw that last week when they were able to get the running game going in the second half. The offensive line really took off and really started to show a lot of, a lot of competence in competency in their um, in, in the running the wide zone scheme that Jeff Grimes wants to run, mm -hmm. um, sealing blocks and get, making some holes for guys like Abram Smith and Tay McWilliams. I think this game is really comes down to whether or not. But that was also against who they play last week, Texas Southern. Uh, no, Kansas. Uh, yeah, Kansas. Kansas. They were Texas okay. Southern the week before. I mean, They've had a pillow of a schedule It so has far. been extremely lily soft, especially considering now we know Texas State is really not that good. Mm -hmm. um, a huge test for them. I'm actually surprised at the line that uh, Baylor's or yeah. that, that Iowa State's only a seven-point favorite. Uh, but this is on home. the road. This yeah. is on the road So for Iowa State. Um, I, I'm keeping an eye on the offensive line. Keep an eye on the offensive line, whether or not uh, Baylor can get a push. If they can't get a push, the game is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can get a push, then it's game on and maybe they can spring an upset. What's next, Pickle? Up next, probably a game that we're all super excited for this weekend, UTSA at Memphis. Is this the toughest game left on UTSA's schedule? It's certainly a big question, right? Um, now, they still have UAB down the road, and UAB has proven themselves to be pretty pretty good, at least in the top half, the top top quartile mm -hmm. of the of Conference USA. Um, but I think this is the toughest game because it's on the road. Mm -hmm. It's against a good Memphis team. Uh, Seth Hennigan, the quarterback from Denton Ryan, is now the starting quarterback there for Memphis, and he's been really good to start the year. Um, this is a Memphis team that's playing with a lot of swagger, and they have to go to uh, Memphis to play this game. Uh, yeah, I think this is the toughest game left, and um, a lot of slip-up potential here. Mm -hmm. But if they're able to run the ball effectively and they're able to still get the kind of uh, the kind of defense that they got last week against Middle Tennessee, then they're going to be in business. And then you start talking bigger, right? You start right. talking about Conference USA championships. You start talking about potentially one to zero loss seasons, mm -hmm. right? For UTSA is a big question for them. This is, uh, you know, this is. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know. It's hard to compare Memphis and Illinois, right? Those are two vastly different programs <laughs> in two vastly different spots. But if they beat Illinois, right, that was considered a big upset. Mm -hmm. This would not be as big of an upset, but I also think it might be a tougher test. Right. So very intrigued by this game. I think this might be my favorite game of the week. I'm uh, very excited yeah. about if it. If they win this, I think it's hard to figure out someone in Conference USA that could beat this if team. They, if they win this game, obviously they'll if they would make it to a Conference USA title game, they play a good team. But if they win this game, I think they'll be favored in the rest of their games, at least by mm -hmm. Vegas. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't doubt that at all. A lot on the line Saturday afternoon in Memphis. What's next, Pickle? Up next, looking for uh, win number one, I believe, for oh. both of these programs. Texas Southern at Rice, 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. What would signify a good game for Rice against an opponent that is just not very good? Texas Southern's riding the struggle bus. They are. Texas Southern hasn't won a game on the field since 2018, uh, and they're an FCS team. I mean, Rice is going to win this game. Rice is going to move to 1-3 and three on the year. Um, we've got got to see some offensive competency from the quarterback spot, mm -hmm. right? Luke McCaffrey or Wiley Green, whoever they throw out there, they've got to have some competency at the quarterback spot. Furthermore, I mean, we didn't have big concerns about the defense uh, until last week when they kind of got smoked mm -hmm. by uh, by Texas. Now, Texas is, is on a different level. Like, let's admit that. <laughs> but... At the same time, like, I want to see the defense bow up and get back to what they looked like for long stretches against Arkansas. Um, you know, get back to what they looked like in, uh, you know, I guess really it's been two games in a row because mm -hmm. Houston kind of exposed them too. Right. Um, I'm going to say that I really want to see the defense take a step forward and we've got to see some competency from quarterback. This is one of those games to me that you have to show style points. Yeah. I, is, I worry a lot about Rice if they're not able to show if this style is, points here. If this game finishes like 31-7. Yeah, I'm more concerned about I'm gonna Rice. I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. Like personally upset. What's the next pickle? <laughs> Sad hooting at that point. Um, our small school game of the week, number six, Harden-Simmons at number one, Mary Harden-Baylor, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Is this, Loki the biggest college football game of the week in Texas? Yes! <laughs> Hang on, was that a no? That was a yes. Okay, sorry, got confused. Uh, Harden-Simmons and Mary Harden-Baylor is Certified. for the American Southwest Conference Championship. These are the two best teams, very clearly, in the American Southwest Conference. Uh, Mary Harden-Baylor, the number one team in Division Division III. Uh, Harden-Simmons, the number six, uh, number six team. Uh, Mary Harden-Baylor has looked every bit the part of what Mary Harden-Baylor tends to look like, mm -hmm. which is a juggernaut. But this is a huge test. And Harden-Simmons, there is no love lost between these two teams. And I think they know it. Mm -hmm. I think they understand that this what's on the line here. The fact this game's in Belton, I think, is a big advantage for, for the crew. Um, it's a great rivalry. For, for, for Mary Harden-Baylor, or rather for Harden-Simmons, the question is going to be, can they get that offense going against what is traditionally one of the very best defenses in Division Three? there at Mary Harden-Baylor. Pete Fredenberg does an unbelievable job. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun. If history is any guy, this figures to be really close. Uh, this game is streaming, and I'm fairly certain it's streaming for free. So if you go to the Harden-Simmons or Mary Harden-Baylor website, you can watch this game 6 o'clock. And by the way, the night slate of games is not super great. So get to this game Saturday, uh, 6 o'clock. So that is the biggest game of the week in college football in Texas is Mary Harden-Baylor and Harden-Simmons. What's next? Um, not the biggest game of the week, oh. probably, <laughs> as North Texas takes on Louisiana Tech um, 6 p.m. on Saturday. They're looking for a bounce back. If North Texas is going to spring an upset, what in the world has to happen to the green? Do something. It's like the meme of the guy, the stick figure with the stick. Like, hey, do something. Well, I mean, first and foremost, they got to shake off last week. Yep. And they've got to move forward and say, that was not us. We all just had a bad game. We're going to move forward. Um, they have got to get some sort of defense against the pass because mm -hmm. um, they were torched last week against UAB and UAB is not a team that passes the ball particularly effectively uh, but they got torched Louisiana Tech is a team that passes the ball particularly effectively Austin Kendall the uh, the Oklahoma transfer is there and go ask SMU um, 
if they are going to pull off this this upset, the defense has to step up in the secondary. Uh, the offense has got to give uh, Jace Reuter time to throw, mm-hmm. um, and they've got just got to make some plays. The other thing is, I think that it's I think what we're figuring out about this North Texas team is they have to play from ahead. They yeah. have to play from ahead. They're if they, not. They're going to they, dig themselves a hole if they fall behind, and especially if they fall behind by like ten points or so, they are not. They are, it feels like they do not have that explosiveness to come back in a hurry, to punch, to have that counter punch. I think they've got to play from ahead. They've got to land this first punch and, and kind of keep Louisiana Tech at arm's length, make a couple big defensive splash plays. Um, I, I don't feel great about it. I don't no. feel great about North Texas going to Ruston. I no. don't feel good about the it. The defensive backs are the key right there. I think they that's have it. got to just even not just look confused. I think that that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's got to be some sort of free, structure there. You can't have free runners. Nope. I mean, that, that was what really killed him against UAB. What's next, Pickle? Up next, the Agua Troops versus Houston, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. How much does Clayton Toon's availability impact this game? So Clayton Toon, the starting quarterback for Houston, went out last week. In the first quarter, uh, they, they brought in Ike Ogbogu uh, to take over at the quarterback spot. And he performed fine. He's, he's, he's not as good as Clayton Toon. I think no. I don't know if that's necessarily really breaking any news here. Um, but I also don't think it's going to matter this week. Um, Navy is bad. Navy is very bad. And Navy's going through a lot of weird things behind the scenes, too. Mm-hmm. Like the athletic director tried to fire the offensive coordinator out from underneath Ken Niamatololo, and that's caused like a big rift at Navy. It's a weird situation there. They do not have a quarterback, and when they do not have a quarterback, they kind of stink. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bad this year. And so it shouldn't matter. I think that Houston's defense should be able to shut down the triple option simply because this is a pretty uh, neutered version of the of the triple option that Navy's running right now. Uh, so I don't think it's really going to matter whoever's taking the snaps. I think that Houston's going to be able to get to 31 points or so and coast. Like, I just don't think it's that that big of a deal because this is this says more about Navy than it does about Houston. Mm-hmm. And if there ever was a time, you know, Clayton Toon, it's, it, they, they say it's day-to-day. It depends on how he's going to be in practice. If I'm Dana Holgerson, I hold him out this week. Oh, yeah. And I just say, look, we feel like we can win this game without him. Uh, I hold him out, try to get him right for the, for the real heart of American Athletic Conference play. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it doesn't really have that much of an impact. On I us. agree. What's next, pickle? And finally, we go New Mexico at UTEP, 8 p.m. on Saturday. UTEP hasn't covered a home spread since September 2016. Is this the week? I know you're itching at this question. Okay, so UTEP's <laughs> a one and a half point favorite at home. They have not been. Uh, they are favored. This is the fifth time since 2014 that they are a home favorite against an FBS team. Okay. Now, New Mexico is bad. Go ask A&M if New Mexico is bad. They New Mexico fun. is bad. Uh, and it's like a, there's a nut. I mean, t- let's talk about more weird situations. It's a weird situation with Doug Martin out there mm-hmm. in New Mexico. Um, it's just not going well for the Lobos right now. Um, I think that UTEP does cover it. I think UTEP has, I mean, last week going up to Boise was disappointing. I have some, I have some, I'm disappointed in the way that uh, that, that game was, was uh, there was some strategy, de- you know, deployed there, specifically taking short field goals instead of trying to punch it in on the road against a team that, that, that frankly, is, is better than you. But coming home, I think, will help. I think a night game at the Sun Bowl will help. I think UTEP's going to win this game. I think Gavin Hardison's going to have a nice game in this, uh, in this one. I think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. And also, this New Mexico offense stinks. Mm-hmm. And I think that the defense is going to be able to get right. I think UTEP's going to cover this thing. They haven't covered a game since 2016 when they covered against New Mexico State. Um, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Give me UTEP minus one and a half. Well, and the other thing is, too, you've got an opportunity there to go what two and three and one they'd be they'd three, be and, three one and one before you take on old dominion which is a super beatable conference usa team and it's like get that momentum yeah. going let's go let's go i like it so there it is your college football burning questions for week four that is going to do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com for ashley pickle i'm greg tepper vince young please can get your player of the year trophy we'll see you tomorrow for mailback friday on texas football today it's the pick 